Today's scripture is from James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17, and chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. Come now, who, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you who do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. You know, it's interesting that we, that we are talking about this, this idea of New Year's resolutions. And I asked the kids about them, and kids are not always up on resolutions. They're, they're more in the minute, more in the now. How many of you make a resolution? Be honest. How many of you will say something? How many of you will... Really? Just the people in the balcony? <laughs> Everybody in the balcony had both hands up. New Year's resolutions, we make them whether we intend to or not. We actually will stop and think, you know what? I'm going to start my diet tomorrow. And we'll think that on the 31st. We think about this is a perfect time for me to make a change. So come January 1st, I'm going to be in the gym. I'm going to go back. I'm going to, I'm going to rebuild that strength and that, and that vitality that I used to have. We think, you know what? This year, I'm going to start saving money. I'm going to put $20 a week away. This year, I'm going to make some changes. You do that, whether you admit it or not. Come on, right? I have some friends that work out I have some friends that, I've got one guy that's actually a, a professional all-natural bodybuilder, and he is in the gym every single day. He hates January, and he hates February. And by March, he said, things are starting to get back to normal. He said, in January, you've got all the people, you've got everybody is at the gym, they don't know how to use the equipment. They don't know how to wipe down the equipment. They don't know how to notice that, hey, Regina's in the middle of a set here, so I'm not going to walk in and take this equipment. They don't get it. He hates January. And he hates February. By March, things are getting back to normal. You know what I mean, right? Do you know what I mean? No. No? One? You don't. You do? 50% of the people here are paying attention to know what I'm talking about. 
By March, Matt tells me that the resolutioners are starting to fade away. The people that have said they're going to get in shape, they're going to be in the gym, they're going to do this thing, are starting to fade away. And by April, they're all gone. What do you think about that? Do you see that in your life with a New Year's resolution? <sighs> yeah, maybe a little bit. So, I, I don't like New Year's resolutions because people don't have, and when I say people, I'm talking about myself, don't necessarily have the stick to that we need to make that change and to make it permanent. So therefore, in our own lives, we look at this and we say, you know what, I hate January because I'm trying to make a change and it's hard to do. And I don't like February because I'm still trying to, but I forget. And then I look back and I realize that I haven't been to the gym for the past week. And by March, you're just like, forget it, I'm done. Doesn't matter. That kind of thing. This is the time of year where we say, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to do something different. Life is going to be different, and I'm going to start that Thursday morning, January 1st, 2020. The new me is coming. Here's the problem. We don't make big enough plans. We don't make big enough resolutions. Can you imagine what it would be like if we were to do something that is truly big, that is truly huge, that is truly gigantic? James tells us, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. People do that all the time. They make those plans all and we do that kind of stuff without ever even considering checking with God. Should we check with God? Absolutely we should. Do we check with God? Eh, we might throw him a prayer or two. But do we check with God? Do we spend time and do we say, God, 2020 is going to be a new year. 2020 is going to be a year filled with 365, in this case, 366 opportunities. Do you get that, the reference? No? Any of you? Oh, my goodness. It's leap year. There's 29 days in February. 365 plus 1 is? 366, exactly. There's 366 opportunities for me to be used by you. God, what do you have for me this year? What do you want for me this year? Like I discussed with the kids, is it important to check with God on the big things? Absolutely. Where am I going to college? What am I going to be when I grow up? What do you want me to do? So many teenagers today, so many kids today will go about their business. They'll go to this college or that college because they think this is what they want to do. They think this is what they want to be when they grow up. This is a good college, a good avenue to get me there. 
five years later, who knows where they're at? And that is one of the tragedies of our society. We want God to be involved in their decision-making. Am I right? We should also want God to be involved in our decision-making. What are your plans for me this year, God? Bigger picture, what are your plans for First Presbyterian Church this year? Where do you want us? Where do you want to put us? What do you want us to do? Who do you want us to reach? How do you want us to get there? This is huge. And unfortunately, we, again, remember, I'm part of the we, we live our lives as Christians kind of just wandering around. And, and if something comes up, we're like, yeah, we can, de- we can deal with this. We can take care of this. We can fix this. But what if God had that and that for you? And because you haven't checked with him, you get so fixated on this thing that you forget about that thing and the other opportunities that he has for you. Now, I told the kids that I would share with you a story, what to wear. Now, we all get up in the morning and most of us figure, hey, it's a good day to wear clothes. It's Minnesota. It's December, and actually it's pretty nice today, but I probably should still wear some clothes before I go outside. There are people that check with God on everything. I had a professor in college, and I'm pretty sure when he got up in the morning, he went into his closet, shut the doors behind him, and then got dressed because nothing matched. That's not what I'm talking about. His sense of style was, I'm like, pink suit coat, fine, I'm okay with that. With plaid pants, probably not the best choice unless you're going to go golf 18 rounds after you teach this class. I don't, but he was not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about are the people that will get up, they'll wake up, and they'll lay there in bed, and they'll say, okay, God, I'm going to stay here until you tell me it's time to get up. And they will lay there until they feel God or hear God saying it's time to get up. And then they will just, okay, God, what do you want me to wear? They'll go to their closet and they'll look. And they'll stand there. They'll stand there. Until they, that type of stuff, here's my belief, God gave us a brain and we can use that. We can say, okay, today, today, I'm going to be in the garden. I'm going to be working in the dirt and the soil. Probably shouldn't wear the three-piece suit and tie. Probably ought to dress appropriately for the occasion. We can figure that out on our own. Got a Christmas party I'm going to on Friday night. How do I dress for that? We don't need necessarily divine intervention on that because he's already given us a brain to use. And there are people that do that. And maybe, just maybe, work with me on this, we should be a little bit more like them. Does it matter what shoes I wear? I'm looking at the shoes in the front row, and I'm thinking, good choices. 
but does it matter what shoes I wear? We get caught up in that. We get caught up in some of these small things, and we forget that God has a plan for us. God has a plan that is bigger, that is broader, that is more than you can imagine. And I'm busy picking out shoes. I'm busy just going to work and going through the motions, sitting down at the computer and doing my correspondence, and you know, right? That's what we do. James is very emphatic. We make these plans. We have no idea. We have no clue. We don't know what God's doing because we haven't checked with Him. Here's how this works. Unfortunately, there are people who will say, well, I did check with God. Shoot off a quick prayer. Okay, God, what do you want, what do you want from me this year? I'm talking about the type of prayer that starts way before 2020, that starts way before 2021, that you're praying, God, me every single day. God, reveal yourself to me every single day. And then when you're getting to a 2020 and you're making your plans and you're looking at your budget and you're trying to figure out where you're going to put your influence, you can say, God, what do you have for me this year? God, what do you want out of me in 2020? Where do you want to use me? And when you do that, and you start in October, and you're doing that daily, and you're saying, God, show me. God, show me. God, use me. God, I want you to be involved in my life on a daily basis. I want to be used by you. What big things do you have for me? What huge things do you have? And it can be as huge as volunteering in the kitchen for kids' zone, just doing dishes. It could be even bigger. It could be a mission trip. It could be working up the courage to speak to your neighbors and invite them to church. God has something for you. If you have not already spent months asking God to prepare you, i got good news for you. 2020 isn't here yet. And we have an opportunity to check with him and to make some plans and to walk into the throne room of God and say, God, this is my blank calendar. Let's start with you. Let's start with you. I got nothing on there that's more important than what you want. And you can sit down with God and you can say, okay, God, let's do this. Let's look at this. Where do you want me this year? What do you want out of me this year? Let's go month to month. Let God lead you. Let God prepare you. Let God use you. Amen. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. I love that hymn. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Twenty twenty is going to be filled with things. When we come back here a year from now and we pass the mic and we talk about what twenty twenty was full of, and, and we have no limits. We're not just talking good things, we're talking everything. It's going to be filled with all sorts of stuff.
all sorts of events, all sorts of interactions, all sorts of pain, all sorts of suffering, all sorts of joy, great things. Which means that each day that you wake up, all 366 of them has the potential for that whole gamut. I'll tell you what, during the tough times, during the difficult times, as well as in the sweet times, if you've checked with God, if you're walking in His step, if you've got His path laid out for you, man, it on. Because God's got this. I know where I'm going. We sat down with that blank calendar. We planned it out. And now I'm just trusting in Jesus. And it's so sweet that during those difficult and tough times, we can say, okay, God, I knew that this was a tough one. But we talked about this. And you said this is what we're going to do. So I'm with you. You're going to get me through this. If something this morning has spoken to you, if you feel like you need to maybe sit down and say, okay, God, what do you want from me? If you need to talk with somebody or pray with somebody, we've got the prayer chapel behind the organ, and I would invite you to come there. There are people there that will listen to you, that will pray with you. Nothing is more important than that. And I would encourage you to be a part of that process. If God's speaking to you this morning. He's got something for you in 2020. Bring him in. Get him on the inside. Talk to him in depth about what he wants for you. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen.